23 minutes after 9 o'clock. It is the Friday edition of the show, which means we hang out with the South African doing great things. And this week, speaking to an award-winning Durban entrepreneur and the founder of ChemSmart, uh, which wants to help science more accessible and help young people get into science a lot earlier. Uh, so we're speaking to Batabile Mbofu, a scientist and social entrepreneur based in Durban. Batabile, good evening. Welcome to Night Talk. Hi, Gugu. How are you? Thank you for inviting me to the show. Very well, thank you. We've been looking to have you on the show for a while, so it's great to finally have you on. So yes. you wanted to be a doctor initially, but yes. the issue was there wasn't enough equipment uh, at your school science classroom. So yes, we the school that I went to, we didn't have science labs. And science is actually, yes, there's the theory part of it, but it's more of a practical subject. So by the time I got to university, I, well, when I got to university, I realized how unprepared I was for tertiary education, especially if I wanted to get into medical school. So yeah, when I was in the lab the first time, you know, it was just an overwhelming experience such that I didn't pass well enough in first year to make it into medical school. And mm. I know the problem is that my high school education was actually uh, weak. Mm. So do you then get into science if, because I mean, you know, being a medical doctor uses a branch of science. It is a, a science. Mm-hmm. So it, without the necessary equipment to even start mm-hmm. thinking about it, how do you then find yourself in, in science? All right, so the reason why uh, at the first year university, I studied chemistry and biology. And the idea there was that I would study that at first year, then apply into medical school. But obviously, I didn't make it into medical school. So then I continued with the, you know, with the chemistry and biology up to third year. And when I completed the degree, I was fortunate enough that I got employed by the university as a technician which was fine. And what I did there was I'd prepare science experiments for the university students so that when they come into the lab, everything is prepared. Mm. But now working there and seeing the students learn, I realized that firstly, the the kids that I would say went to Model C school, they'd come into the lab, they perform the science experiments. Within an hour, they're finished. But the learners that went into... Uh, disadvantaged schools, they'd stay in the lab and sometimes it would be time for us to kick them out of the lab and they haven't started or they're not even halfway through. And the problem, again, was the fact that they were coming into the lab and they were meeting chemicals and lab apparatus for the first time. And, you know, if you follow the manual and and it tells you take out a volumetric flask, take out a measuring cylinder, and you don't even know what that is, you know, Mm. you're disadvantaged. So at that point I thought, Something needs to be done, you know. Uh, in fact, I need to do something. That's what I thought. And, well, many years down the line, then I realized that, no, man, this problem is consistent. Uh, and, yeah, then I, then that's what I, I did. Started really, like, getting into uh, learners to, to, to love science and know what it is uh, and understand what their lab equipment are and all those things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you, you also then went the business administration route. Uh, you're an MBA student at UCT. Yeah. Was that because yeah. the idea for ChemSmart had come about or was that for the idea of ChemSmart? So before I actually uh, studied the MBA, 
what I was already doing was I was going into schools and performing science experiments before ChemStart was actually developed. But just applying, you know, getting an opportunity in class to apply my mind broadly and getting to think about the vision properly and getting to think about what my impact can be in South Africa. And also, so that kind of thinking and me working in schools and realizing, no man, why am, why am I the one performing the science experiments when it should be the learners themselves? And the fact that I would go to a school once a year, I realized that, no man, there isn't a long-term impact. Uh, I'm not achieving what I'm hoping to achieve. And therefore, then ChemStart came about. Because in my mind, I was like, I should have this portable lab in the hands of the learners that need to use it. Mm. And yeah, so that's how the idea came about. Mm. So what is in ChemStart? You say it's a portable lab. So how much is is in there? And for what age is is this portable lab? Okay, so ChemStart, uh, when I developed it, I was, I was using the physical science curriculum for grades 10 to 12. But it's primarily chemistry experiments uh, because I couldn't put physics, uh, physics experiments in the, the, the tools that you, you use to learn uh, physics are, are too big. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're not really portable. So it's primarily chemistry experiments for grades between 10 and 12. Mm-hmm. But I do encourage that learners that are in you know, grade 7, because grade 7, those are 11 year old from 11 year old. Uh, from 11 years upwards, they can start playing around with the experiments just to get uh, their interest aroused. But the science concepts themselves are for grades uh, 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, sorry, and then you asked about uh, what's in the kit. mm. So it's the the chemicals, it's the lab apparatus, like test tubes, beakers, thermometers, uh, gloves, there's some conical flask, you know, the basic apparatus that learners need to know. At least by the time they get to university, they should be knowing these things because they are actually very basic. So then if uh, these are targeted towards uh, young people from disadvantaged homes or schools, does this mean then you approach sponsors to buy them and then you distribute them to those students in schools that need them? How do, we, how do you get them to, to the students that need them? Okay, so I, I get them to the hands of the learners in various ways. And the one that you just mentioned is, uh, mentioned is one of them, where I go to uh, corporate. And can I mention, like, who has sponsored uh, so far? Mm-hmm. Okay, like, for instance, um, S.C. Johnson, you know, they make Mr. Muscle mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in, in conjunction with the Nelson Mandela Foundation. In fact, we are doing the handover uh, early next year to the schools. So it's organizations like that that buy the kits from us and then we distribute them uh, to the schools. So that's the one way. And then another way is uh, parents, individual parents, can actually purchase the kits and, the, and their kids can use uh, the kits at home, can use ChemStart at home. Uh, and, I mean, just to comment on that point, I, I like to encourage parents to actually use this opportunity because previously they had no option or the the option, if your child goes to a township school, the option was to take your child to a Model C school that has the lab. And sometimes that's just way out of the budget. So now this kit is available for such parents who really want to supplement the, the learning material that the, their kids have access to. But for me, what I've observed is 
the parents of the kids that go to Model C school have been the ones buying the kids more than the than than the learners than the parents of the learners that don't go to Model C schools. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so for me, it's like the people that are supposed to access it. I don't know whether it's it's because they don't know what science is or they don't know what chemistry is that they're not open to the idea of pri- of providing their kids with such a tool. Mm. So I like to encourage parents, you know, to buy for them. Mm. And then obviously then schools directly. Mm. Then mm. schools directly can buy the kids. Because of course there's also the big challenge of poorer households, perhaps this being out of their range. I mean, so it's priced between uh, 750 rand and 800 rand is what the kit costs. Yeah, it's, so it's 749 and then plus Korea, depending mm. on where where the place is yeah so so if a student is a no is a no is in a no fee paying school is one of the students mm-hmm. whose education is subsidized then they're likely to come from a home that you know well can of can't afford school fees is then likely to to not be able to afford um any extra materials like this kit which i think is really really yes. uh, important so then which then brings me to the next question then if you want or if you're a company that wants to sponsor you are able to to do that to to come to you guys and say we are aware of the school or this community that is in need of those and then you are able to to distribute well to sponsor kits and and you guys then do the delivery yes yes absolutely but can i also tell you something about these schools uh where where you know the the low fee schools so sometimes when I go to deliver the kids at those schools, I actually have a session where I demonstrate a few experiments. Mm-hmm. And what what uh, surprises me sometimes is that as I do these experiments, these learners take out their smartphones and they record the experiments that I'm doing. So a school may be at a at, a, at a, an area or a district where it's considered uh, low fee or no no fee, but you find that parents can actually afford. Uh, the tool, but obviously they also need to be educated because some of them get afraid that you know one having a lab at a, at a, at a home is is risky. Maybe their house is going to explode because of the chemicals or things like that. Joined on the line by yeah. scientist and social entrepreneur Batabi Limbofu, speaking about her attempt or her science kit actually that exists that she sells and distributes to students that need it to try to get them to become scientists um, and interact with science um, as soon as possible. It's called the ChemStart Science Kit for School Pupils. And we're taking your calls on 021-446-0567 and 011-883-0702. And maybe you remember... When you first encountered a science lab, if you were privileged enough to have had one at school, or were you one of those people who discovered it quite late in life? And was it difficult? Was it, you know, did it go pear-shaped? Or did you just take to it immediately? You can also send us your SMSs on 31702 and 31567, or send us your WhatsApp messages on 0727021702. Gooks is on Twitter. At GooksM. It's 23 minutes before 10 o'clock. Still joined on the line by scientist and social entrepreneur Batabi Limbofu, the creator and award-winning uh, Durban entrepreneur of ChemStart. Um, and ChemStart has done pretty well, um, winning the Total Start Upper of the Year Award, came third in the recent Engine Pitch and Polish competition, third in the SAB Foundation Social Innovation and Disability Empowerment Awards, um, and also winning the prize for being the audience's favorite project out of 24 contenders. So, Batabile, it sounds as though, one, uh, the mm-hmm. the project or the, the, the 
product was well received. But also, I'm surprised that in 2017, we didn't have something like this, that it didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, In fact, people have asked me that question. Like, how did you come up with this thing? Uh, And and, and some of the people, because, you know, the first thing I did, was to go have a, like a mobile lab and go around schools, you know, once in a while, once, you know, every year. And a lot of people do this, right? But I suppose there's a difference between doing what other people do and understanding what it is you want to achieve. So I started out by doing what other people do. But then when I realized that doing that doesn't really help me achieve my goal, then I was able to, to change the way I do things and do more of what helps me achieve what I want to achieve as opposed to doing what other people do. So how long does it take you to develop this, uh, this uh, chem start? And, you know, what are the processes? Because, you know, often we see the end of that long sort of design process and uh, testing it and getting funding, etc. Yeah. How long does it take from the idea to then it's finally done and available for sale to get this going? Yeah. Okay, so in my case, so uh, in as a, when I was a, as a student uh, at UCT, so there, there's a, a social entrepreneurship center at UC called the Beta Center, and them in conjunction with SAB Foundation, uh, were offering funding to students, MBA students who wanted to start businesses. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I already knew that I needed to develop a kit, so the timing could not have been better. And I applied for funding for seed funding. It was fifty thousand rand. For me to build the kit and within the same uh within two weeks of of me applying for that funding an organization called lifeco unlimited was also looking for social entrepreneurs that they can support financially and non-financially so that they can you know grow their ideas and make them businesses and i was fortunate to get the seed funding from the from sab foundation through the Bertha center at uct and this lifeco unlimited funding and when I got the funding, then I started working now, really putting the money together. This happened in 2015 in November. And by the time I entered the total startup competition in March in 2016, the kit had been fully developed. And so the funding that I won at the total startup, it really, it really helped me, you know, now create the, uh, make the kit and produce it in bulk. And I sold my first one in June. So I'd say the process took me about seven months from having an idea and nothing else, getting funding, and then selling the first product. Mm. It was seven months. Mm. I mean, we speak a lot about um, maths and science in our schools. We speak about, you know, the importance of maths and science. It's linked to innovation. It's linked to all kinds of things. But we just can't seem to get it right. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, you mentioned one of the big things is just a lack of an environment where kids can uh, learn science, mm-hmm. especially practically. But is yeah. there a way in which we are teaching the sciences that we could do a lot better? I know you taught uh, or you were part of teaching of university students, but is there mm-hmm. something we're just not getting right, uh, especially in teaching younger kids about yeah. science? Because I even know at high school level, and I went to 
a pretty decent school, a private mm-hmm. school that allowed me a scholarship. And But I was afraid mm-hmm. of science. I, I stayed away from, as soon as I could, yeah. I dropped physical science and I stuck with biology because <laughs> it was just so it was just so scary. It seemed like it was the yeah. thing for the smart kids. And I was a smart kid. I was straight A's. But I thought science wasn't for me. So, but yeah. is there a thing about the way we talk about science, we teach science, that's not helping us get the numbers absolutely. right? No, I absolutely agree with you. Because firstly, I mean, if, 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 if your, your parent went to a school without the facilities, in their mind, the fact that they don't know science, they fill the space in their minds with fear, with explosion, do not touch. So by the time you are considering science, you know, I suppose in most cases, they're already, you're already told, taught that this subject or this field, oh, don't touch, you know, it's difficult. Mm. So the, the story you're already told doesn't, you know, doesn't enable you or encourage you to pursue science. Mm. And I think, I think more uh, how, how it should be taught, it mustn't just be theory that when you mix an acid and a base, you get a salt. But it must be explained how we experience it daily. So when you're doing baking and you're mixing your baking powder with your dough and with all the things in it, you must already be knowing that that's an acid-base reaction. I mean, just simple. Because we do use science in everyday life, in everything that we do. Mm. So if, if the way that it's taught, it's more related to how we, it's actually applied, then, then when we realize that we use it all the time, then I think will go away as we become familiar with, with, with the terms and, and the concepts. And this must start at a, at a, very, at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Like right, right now, my daughter, she's 11. So I've, obviously I've ex- exposed it to this. And when we go to expose, for instance, where I set up and I have the experiments and I invite people to do the experiments uh, with me, then she says to me, Mommy, you explain, I will do the science experiments. And I, and I know that she's not afraid anymore. Mm. You know? So I think that, that, that it mustn't just be science we, we to learn about it when we get to university, but it really must start at a very low level where we understand what its application in daily, in daily life is. Uh, on WhatsApp, just saying this came uh, starts is actually a great year-end gift for nephews and nieces. Saying thank you to the guest, great work. Uh, Linda in Orlando was saying, where can I buy the science kit? All right, so she can place an order online on our website, which is www.ngaziscienceses.co.za, and Ngazi Sciences is spelled N. K-A-Z-I-S-C-I-E-N-C-E-S dot C-O dot Z-A. Or for the people that are uncomfortable placing orders online, then they can send me an email um, on batabile at gazisciences dot C-O dot Z-A or info at gazisciences dot C-O dot Z-A. Then I'll send them the banking details. They can do the EFT and the courier the kit to them. In terms of how we reach adults, so an adult like me, I've always wondered, and I always think about, you know, at some point I'd like to go back to the sciences and be less afraid of them because I tried to get, you know, get in and get out as quickly as possible because I was petrified of the sciences. How do, oh, we, no. how do we get through to adults? Because I think 
that is just as important for us, especially if you had a, a terrible experience mm. either with maths or your physics wasn't great or your chemistry or it was bio or whatever it was. How do we then encourage adults to, mm-hmm. I guess, live and understand and love science? Because it's, it's pretty inescapable. It's part of what we do every day. Yeah. But so many people have, you know, traumas or horror stories about it. And once they finished yeah. school, they were done. Yeah. So I suppose it's, it's just in the way that we communicate it, you know, because people who don't know science actually have no reason to fear it. So it's in the way that we communicate it. And maybe we just uh, start by just the basic things, them trying the simple science that they can find in their kitchen. And yeah, I think it's just the way of communicating and starting with really the simplest, but fun stuff, you know, for them to realize, ah, oh, you know what, I can actually mix this and get that and just go through the experience of enjoying the, the basic science that they, uh, they can find in the kitchen. And then they can, you know, increase the level uh, from there. So the business you mentioned earlier, uh, Ngazi Sciences, Ngazi Mulo uh, Applied yeah, Sciences. So, so yes. part of what you do is the, the kits, but you also do mm-hmm. other work as, as well. So, so basically, we just we, we, we produce the kits which we sell, but we also go to schools and uh, uh, do science demos to show the learners, okay, this is the science, you know, and encourage them, by the way, and encourage them to take up science careers and also to not think about uh, always getting a job, uh, getting employed, but rather them creating employment mm-hmm. by you know, uh, innovating, you know, coming up with some, you know, breakthrough ideas, uh, creating products or services and starting their own companies. And by the way, you know, something I didn't mention, I worked at this organization that funded uh, entrepreneurs. They were giving out, they, they still do. At the time when I worked there, they were giving out grants. And, you know, grants you don't have to pay back. And they were struggling to find black innovators to fund. You know, it was such a struggle. So opportunities, which is the same thing I share with the learners, to say opportunities for young people, for black people to start science ideas, there's actually a lot of opportunities for them, but they seem to not be open to those ideas Mm. because, you know, the the level of thinking and innovating is just not there. Mm. And I I used to be heartbroken to see, you know, uh, groups of people that I would say went to... Um, uh, privileged, you know, privileged individuals accessing millions of grants, you know, and you're like, but this money is intended for the other people, you know, but because they know, they understand the science, they know how science knowledge is applied. It doesn't mean that they don't, you know, they, they mustn't have access to those kinds of funding. And, you know, the majority of the people who should be accessing this funding couldn't because, you know, the level of education and their ability to apply science knowledge was very limited. Mm. And in terms of uh, funding for entrepreneur, uh, uh, entrepreneurs, I mean, we often hear about young people say, I have a great idea, I have this good idea. It's, it sits in the realm of social entrepreneurship. So not only is it a business, it also addresses some kind of social challenge. And there are mm-hmm. questions about, you know, but I, I'm not getting the right support. I'm not getting the right, um, uh, be it information, mm-hmm. knowledge or funding. But you seem to figure that out quite. Um, yeah. it, it it kind of matched up with what you were doing, what you wanted to do. Yeah. The, the the center for innovation at the Bertha Center in Cape Town was quite important. 
But, you know, when young people say to you, but, I mean, that all sounds great and I have ideas, where do I start? Yeah, that is what you're saying is true. You know, uh, for, for people to say my challenge is funding, sometimes I cannot relate to that because funding hasn't been a challenge for me. You know, and there's, there's a funding organization that gives loans that approached me to say, oh, we can see that your business is really, you know, it's, it's got so much potential. We apply for a loan. And I went through the process. The loan was approved. And then I said, I, I, no, I actually am not looking for a loan. So I can sometimes relate to to, to, when, to people saying that. But the thing is, opportunities are there. But I'd say maybe part of their challenge is not knowing how to uh, present their ideas mm-hmm. in a way that the funders, you know, see where this business or where this idea is going. Mm. So it, for me, it's not that the funding is not there, but maybe maybe the, these young people are, are just not able to express the, the idea in a way that it, it becomes fundable. Mm. So, yeah. so the idea of pitching, which is a skill in and of itself, you can have a great idea, but if you can't yeah. sell it, then you know, no one knows that it's a, that it's a good yes. idea. Absolutely. So, I mean, you're quite uh, busy. I mean, there's the business itself. There's the MBA. Yes. You're a wife, a mother of three. You work. Yes. And I mean, we often hear about the difficulty of running a business or, or starting something up. So how do you, you know, kind of manage all of that? Because, yes. I mean, time management in and of itself is a skill. And did you suffer yeah. the, you know, often we hear entrepreneurs say, look, it's not glamorous. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, all roses. Starting up a thing is very difficult. How did you manage that process of building up ChemStart? Yeah. Okay. I've actually finished my studies. So I graduated this year. I completed last year and I, and I graduated this year. Mm-hmm. But the, the time when I was developing everything and I was studying, it was a challenge. I don't want to lie. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult. The thing is, I when when I when I determined for myself that I'm going to complete task one, task two, task three, task three, I made sure that I completed those things. So, and obviously, I couldn't cram a lot of tasks in one day, which I wish I could. Hmm. And whenever I couldn't do that, I approached like at UCT, my lecturers. I you know a lot of them know that I used to submit. Late, I always ask for extension. But if I see that I'm not going to make the deadline, then I have to uh, ask for an extension while there's still time. You know, so a, a bit of planning and a bit of determination to to finish certain tasks and not, you know, just postpone everything, do half of everything. You know, so certain things needed to be completed, and those were, that I couldn't complete. Then I would ask for an extension. I mean, my thesis, I think, it was the last one to be submitted because. I just had to ask for an extension to say I will not be able to complete on time. Mm. I, and I was doing a lot of traveling at the same time. So I just was, was honest about what was happening and all these things that I needed to do. But then I must say, my family was is very supportive. My husband, Shane, my husband, he worked very hard. He looked after our kids when I was in, you know, at UCD. He was very supportive. Because sometimes... You just need somebody to say, you know what, uh, I can understand what you're doing. I know that it's difficult, but the end is near. So my husband has been very supportive. My family, my parents, my siblings. You know, prayer. Ugh, a lot of times I just messaged my siblings on WhatsApp to say, guys, this is difficult. I just need strength. Help me. 
pray with me, mm. those kinds of things. So I can't say it's something that I did on my own. Absolutely not. Just the, the support from my family, the support from my husband, but also just doing and completing certain tasks when I need to mm. and asking for help when where I could. Your MBA, any link to the work you were doing already? What 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 research did you do there? Was there any link to science? So so in, in my MBA was more linked with understanding what social entrepreneurship is. And the th- my thesis, I did my thesis on understanding uh, the supporting policies that are found in other countries uh, like the USA and the UK because those countries are, are tops when it comes to uh, supporting policies for mm-hmm. social entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. policies and instruments. And the social entrepreneurs, you know, they do great things. They generate, you know, they contribute a lot to the economy. So I was trying to understand in South Africa whether we have similar policies and similar structures. And they, I was looking at six six of them. And three are in play, or they're developing, we're getting there, and three are completely missing. And like one of them is the the the, the, the introduction of, oh, well, learners are talking about entrepreneurship, but, you know, to, to, to get projects where learners, it's, uh, from primary school to high school, where they're learning about what entrepreneurship is and, they get projects where they start something like start a business, sell or, or whatever, and they get marked on it. And when they finish uh, high school, they they go to universities or programs that look at those things. Maybe they do a three-year program where what they're doing is running a social, uh, uh, in, incorporated into a, a social enterprise for three years, and when they graduate, you know. So by the time they finish university, for them, business or social entrepreneurship, you know. It's, it's like another subject, like mm. English. Mm. So, yeah, and and obviously the other countries, they have lots and lots of funding. Yeah, so those that's what my thesis was, was, was looking at, the, the supporting policies and instruments so that social entrepreneurs thrive and create an economy. Are we on the right track as South Africa with our social, you know, policies, structures um, to support social entrepreneurship? Are we on the right track? Yeah, we, we, I think we're making strides. We're getting a lot of people that are aware of things that need to be done and are actually doing something about it, not just being in awareness and, you know, nothing. We're getting a lot of people and a lot of organizations that are going in the right direction. But you find that, obviously, the system is still disconnected. You know, you get one person doing another thing. And if only if they work together. And another thing you find that in those countries, they have a body, like an agency that's supported by government, that's supported by the private sector to coordinate everything. And we don't have such a body here. It's just an organization that does their own thing and another that does their own thing. There isn't one agency or body that coordinates everything between the private sector and government. That's Batabi Limbofu, scientist and social entrepreneur, the creator of ChemStart, which you can find on ngazisciences.co.za. You can also email Batabile if you'd like to order that way. It's Batabile at ngazisciences.co.za. Batabile, thank you so much for your time this evening.